Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Seven minutes after the hour. Uh, if you didn't, uh, if you didn't catch uh, Tucker Carlson uh, and didn't get to see some of the video that uh, that uh, he released on his program, Jennifer Bukowski and I are going to be talking about it in about thirty minutes, uh, and it's uh, it's pretty impressive. Um, we were talking about ADHD and kids acting out in schools, but while we're talking about schools, uh, we've got some audio. A, Minis- a Minnesota teenager uh, leaves the woke school board speechless. Uh, we'll get to that audio. Uh, but uh, the, the liberal uh, mentality it just, it, it's a, it is, a, it's, it's a mental illness. It really is. Uh, you rationalize taking money from people that, that uh, don't owe you money. Uh, you rationalize letting little kids uh, decide what sex they are. Uh, I mean, it, 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 the list goes on and on. Uh, you rationalize um, supporting uh, legislation that takes fathers out of the home. Uh, the list just, it, it is, it's, it's infinite. And in Portland, Oregon, it is like home base for stupid progressives. And now they're paying the price. If you happen to go to Portland, Oregon, and you think to yourself, you know, while I'm up here, maybe I want to get something from, you know, a a new shirt from Walmart, you may not be able to find it. Not the shirt, the Walmart. Walmart will close at least two stores in Portland later this month, just as the company CEO warned might happen in crime-plagued cities if outlets continue to be ravaged by theft and vandalism. The decision to close these stores was made after a careful review of their overall performance. We consider many factors, Walmart said in a statement to a local television program, but in December, Walmart's CEO warned that soft-on-crime prosecutors and policies would force Walmart stores in high-crime cities either to close or to raise their prices. Theft at stores has reached a historically high level. Um, They blamed uh, the tax approach from... the the lax approach from prosecutors in many regions of the country, warning that if that's not corrected over time, prices will be higher and or stores will close. Unrelenting crime is prompting other businesses to also abandon Portland. Walmart's not the only company to decide to call it quits in Portland. Nike, Cracker Barrel shut down last year. Um, clothing store Reigns PDX did the same. You... you Put in these progressive leftist prosecutors who won't protect the citizens and let this kind of nonsense go unpunished. The next thing you know it, there are no businesses there. They, They can't afford to stay there. It's a growing problem in these urban areas that are run by Democrats. It's gotten so bad that retailers like Home Depot, Best Buy, Rite Aid, Target, and CVS appealed in a letter to Congress for help last December. Over the last year, Starbucks has announced the closure of stores coast-to-coast in unsafe cities, including Portland and Oregon. Leftism is a disease. 
and it needs cured. And it only gets cured when the government is in its right place. When the government isn't used to protect you from yourself, when the government isn't used to redistribute your wealth, when the government isn't used to give you things you didn't earn, then these kinds of problems disappear. This is, this is sad. I mean, it, it, I can remember when I was living at, uh, back home in Cleveland that you couldn't find stores in certain parts of the city even back in the 80s and 90s because the crime made it difficult to stay in business. And the next thing you know it, people are complaining, hey, we got a food desert here. Well, yeah, that's because you, you, you know, you've got all this rampant crime. You won't enforce the laws. Businesses can't afford to, to, to stay there because they can't turn a profit. Leftists are destroying the country every single day. Every day. What a shame. Uh, 874-9390, toll-free, 800-529-5572. Uh, Minnesota teen leaves woke school board speechless. And uh, we're going to play some of his audio for you now. I've six schools now for 10 years, and I'm going to give you a glimpse today of what's actually going on inside these schools. Um, despite the board's attempt to deny it, District 196 schools are quickly becoming a place where promoting activism is actually more important than promoting education. I'll take, you, I'll take you back to my first day at RHS this fall. The principal came out and gave us a heartfelt speech about equality and standing together. Um, he began to list countless races, such as Latino, Asian, expressing how much they matter and how important they are. But never once did he mention a race or identity that reflects me, or half the kids that were in the class. Now, members of the board, I know you haven't been to school in a while, and I know most of the people, I know none of you, or most of you, don't have any kids left in the school district. Um, but you must admit how uncomfortable it will be to be characterized just by your skin color on the first day of school and be thought that you were wrong just because of your skin color. So I'll never forget the look one of my friends gave me from across the room as we were sitting there listening to this blatant bias being expressed in the so-called equity statement by the leader of our school. To be clear, I don't need you to tell me that I matter, but hearing the condolences given to other races and leaving just one race out it inevitably you'll start to feel like you've done something wrong. And in our principal's attempt to unify us, he instead created unwarranted boundaries and barriers between his students, pitting us against each other based on characteristics that we can't control. In another separate instance, I was told that writing all lives matter on the whiteboard was political and could be seen as offensive. When I questioned the teacher after class, she told me that she didn't have an answer and she just had to erase it and it was quickly erased. There are political signs all over RHS specific, about specific races that matter, specific sexual orientations that matter, and specific perspectives that matter. But when I questioned the RHS administration about how these signs were political, they told me that they were supporting human rights. So when I questioned why the equity statement couldn't represent all students, they told me that to even ask that question was outlandish and offensive. And they, when I asked why that was, they told me, quote, whites have a pretty good situation right now, unquote. So is that not racism? Disregarding my question merely because of the color of my skin. To be honest, after enduring a year of the people in charge telling me that I'm a racist and I'm privileged and pointing out our irreversible differences, I've never noticed race more. 
and it's becoming the first thing I notice when I meet someone, which has never before been the case. RHS administration confidently told me that RHS students and staff are happy with their equity statement, but from the ex my experience in talking with other students, this is not the case. I know many kids who disagree with their teachers, but they're too scared to stand up because they're worried that their grades will be docked and their learning experience will be affected. My honors government teacher, I'm not going to say his name, but he's mentioned that Democrats care more about all people while Republicans only care about themselves. And he's also inferred to us that socialism is better than democracy. He even had a statue. He had a statue of a socialist leader in his classroom. Um, I have been, I've been told by a lot of kids that they just stay silent and adjust their schoolwork to reflect an acceptable opinion to secure a good grade. I've been approached by multiple teachers who have told me in private that they just want to say that they agree with me and they support me standing up, but they can't say it in front of the class for fear of being disciplined by the administration in some way or losing their jobs. There is clearly only one way to think in this district, and that is that they are teaching their kids to shut up if they don't agree. Now, members of the board, I want you to take a good look at yourselves in the mirror tonight and ask, are you really standing up for the equality of all people, or are you just pushing a damaging political ideology um, on, on our students? A fellow coworker at my job, who by the way is of color, discreetly told me that the school seemed to be pushing a very leftist agenda in class. This proved that not everyone is happy with your school, and not everyone who isn't happy is white. Now, due to all these instances I've mentioned, and many more that I can't fit in this five-minute speech, I've decided to leave this district and continue school on a private Christian school online. And Wow. Wow. But you know what, Brian? It's okay. It's just happening in Minnesota. Yeah, it's, it's just, just, I'm glad it's just there. Yeah, it's not in Springfield, be, Missouri. No, uh -huh. no, no, no. Or, or Columbia, Columbia, Missouri. Or no, Jesse, no, no. Uh -uh. No, it's, how, how horrible is that? Um, no, it's happening there. It's happening everywhere. This is what's happening. You've got progressives running college campuses. You've got progressives teaching teachers. So you have progressive teachers in government schools. Your kids are being indoctrinated every single day. I mean, having a civics teacher who's promoting a socialist has a, 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 a socialist uh, statue uh, in his in his uh, classroom. Well, they used to hide it, but they're not so much anymore, are they? Apparently not. Apparently not. Uh, we were talking about crime a few minutes ago. An interesting story out of Baltimore. We'll share that with you next. Jennifer Bukowski at 1035. We'll talk about the video from January 6th. All that and more coming up on the Gary Nolan Show. It is the Zimmer Radio Network. Good morning. It is uh, 1021. Jennifer Bukowski, 10 minutes from now. The uh, January 6th video released by Tucker Carlson. We'll talk about that. Uh, before I get into the next story, I, I thought this was kind of amusing. Um, apparently, Hershey's did this transgender can candy. Did you did you see this, Brian? No, I did not. Yeah, they uh, came up with a uh, transgender promoting candy bar. Uh, I think uh, I think it was he she's or something like that. I can't remember what it was. But <laughs> for crying out loud, are you serious? Oh yeah. Um, this um, it, this was an advertisement uh, by Hershey's. They're airing an advertisement featuring a biological male who identifies as a woman in celebration of International Women's Day. Uh, Faye Johnson, 
uh, transgender woman is featured in the ad airing nationwide in Canada. Limited edition Hershey She Bars will be available nationwide in four unique wrappers uh, in both the 1.55 ounce standard bar and 4.4 ounce XL bar. Um, She says, uh, or he says, my name is Faye Johnson. I'm the executive director of Wisdom to Action. We can create a world where everyone is able to live in a public space as their honest and authentic selves, which apparently he's not doing. Uh, the biological male is a he, uh, is a young women's Christian association board uh, in in uh, Canada. Anyway, they came up with a special candy bar, Hershey's. Hershey's, get it? So apparently, uh, one of our side, one of the people on our side, uh, has uh, decided they're going to respond. Thanks to Jeremy's Chocolate, you can stop eating chocolate that hates you. This is from the Daily Wire's CEO, Jeremy uh, Boring. Uh, He has uh, come up with a non-woke candy bar responding to to the Hershey's bar. As long as corporations and institutions across America continue to alienate half the country, the Daily Wire will continue building alternatives. Stop giving your money to woke chocolate companies that hate you. In the first 36 hours on the market, he reportedly sold 300,000 of his chocolate binary bars. A four-pack of the one-and-a-half-ounce bars is pretty expensive. It's like $28. Currently on sale for $25. Um, And uh, the four-pack sale price, uh, given sales of uh, 300,000 bars, comes out to more than $1.8 million. So, apparently... People are sending a message to Hershey's, and uh, this group is, you know, at least uh, breaking even. Uh, His binary chocolate bars come in two varieties, Brian. He, him, and she, her. Both bars are made from liquor, cocoa butter, cane sugar, milk, uh, but he, him also has nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Oh, Lord. Some chocolate companies don't even know what a woman is, but we do. Indulge in the chocolate binary. Um, I just thought that was great and worth mentioning. I might just go buy some of that just just to promote it, uh, just to make sure he, he turns a healthy profit. I just don't understand why these mega companies like Hershey's decides to insert itself into the political fray of wokeness or any you know, political matter for that. I mean, you're selling candy bars. Why do you... I I don't understand it. I just don't. Yeah. I mean, if you owned a big company, would you say, well, we need to get involved, too, and see if we can, uh, you know, increase our sales? I mean, are they thinking about sales? I don't think so, because I would be saying, hey, look, we just make chocolate. Yeah. That's all. We make milk chocolate. Uh, It melts in your mouth, not in your hands, or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, And that would be the extent of it. Why they insist on doing this is beyond me. I don't know. It just makes no sense to me whatsoever. They want to appear woke. Yeah, but they're going to alienate the other side that doesn't care. Yeah. They they like their candy bars because they taste good. It has nothing to do with wokeness. Yeah. Hey, we're appealing to the transgender community now. All you're doing is alienating people. It doesn't make sense. It's virtue signaling. And uh, so many companies are doing it nowadays, and I don't understand why. But this leads to the all-important question, Brian. 
Milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Milk. Milk. Yes. Well, I'll be curious to see what other people think. Milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Whatever it is, it isn't going to be Hershey's. I will not buy <laughs> any more Hershey's. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of... I always liked milk chocolate, but lately I've been kind of hooked on dark chocolate. Nuts or no nuts? Uh, are you talking about the candy? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should have phrased that differently. Yeah, I think I would have clarified that just a titch. Uh, it matters not. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I like now, the almonds in my chocolate. Yeah. I am now hooked on dark chocolate. Uh, and the almonds do add something to it. it I does. don't know. Just a little texture. So I will now use a couple of million dollars in broadcast equipment to find out <laughs> whether people prefer milk chocolate or dark chocolate. I'll bet milk chocolate is the winner. I'll bet, I'll bet it does. It's, it's sweeter. Um, and I, I don't think I see as much uh, milk chocolate candy, or I'm sorry, dark chocolate candy advertised as milk chocolate. But we'll see. We'll, we'll do this very quickly because Jennifer Bukowski is going to be with us in about five minutes, and we're going to talk about the January 6th uh, video. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. we got a lot of ground to cover with her. You'll want to hear what she has to say. In the meantime, Tony, good morning. Welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Dark chocolate. Always dark chocolate. The darker the better. It's All right. Antioxidants. It's good for you, but milk chocolate, no. Uh, on to your other thing real quick this morning. I took Ritalin as a kid, and the reason that they gave me the Ritalin is because I was ADHD, and I was bad. I mean, real bad. And the thing is, you give kids ADHD so the rest of the class can learn because your kid is out of control, and and uh, obviously there's a chemical imbalance, so you need to do something about that kid so the rest of the class can actually learn and not be interrupted by outburst, almost like Tourette syndrome, but without the Tourette's. Just yeah, yeah I think there are different ways to handle it than to put kids on drugs. I think they're taking the cheap and easy way out, and they're prescribing pharmaceuticals that kids shouldn't be on. I'm glad it worked for you, though. Tony, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. John, milk or dark chocolate? Uh, both. I guess I'm bi when it comes to chocolate. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll tell you what, though. It might be racist because I won't eat white chocolate. No? I like white chocolate. Uh, I can't stand it. Really? All right. Yeah. John, anyway, hey, I called to uh, tell you why Hershey's Corporation is getting involved in wokeness. Do tell. Um, they have a bad reputation with the left-leaning community because they've had some bad business practices as far as buying up water rights in other poorer countries and then charging those people for water. And uh, the left hates them for it, and so now they're trying to make up ground with them. So Hershey's is buying up water rights in other countries? Yeah, look into it. Uh, I'm sure you can find all kinds of articles. They got some bad press about it for years and years. Well, I don't think they were transsexual countries. All right. John, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Up against the clock, Jennifer Bukowski. The January 6th video, I watched the Tucker Carlson video, and I was stunned at the difference between what he showed... And what the mainstream media showed. That's next. Gary Nolan Show. This is the Gary Nolan Show. <laughs> Good morning. It's 1035. 
Uh, it's the Gary Nolan Show. And uh, Tucker Carlson showed video from January 6th, video that I hadn't seen before. Because when you watch the mainstream media and what the Democrats released, it's just little segments, little teeny pieces, little bits and pieces. And it looks pretty bad. But I watched uh, this Tucker Carlson video, and there were some interesting scenes in here. Uh, Jennifer Bukowski is with us a few seconds late, but she's still here, uh, and we're <laughs> glad to have her. Jen, welcome. How, how are you? I'm doing well, Gary. But these, this footage that Carlson's team is digging up really annoys me. It really ticks me off because we've only been shown, like, edited film where they had a, a Good Morning America producer put sound on the top of it and show it in those J6 hearings, even though that was altered and fake and would not be allowed in a court of law. And uh, it turns out that, you know, that QAnon shaman guy that was wearing the goat horns and the fur and he has hair painted, his face painted red, white, and blue. The Capitol Police officers were, like, giving him a tour of the building. If you look at all the footage. Yeah. At no point are they arresting him or stopping him. They're acting as his host. Like, he was their constituent, and they were congresspeople giving him a tour. And this is supposedly the mob and the insurrection that was worse than anything. You know, they've compared it to every unfortunate event in American history, like 1812, when that was under attack, and everything else. And... They've completely misconstrued what went on if you actually come to the video. So no wonder they've been fighting tooth and nail for us to see the video. But I agree with Thomas Massey, who said on Tucker last night, release that video to the American people. You know, enough of this, oh, it will, you know, it could jeopardize security. I'm one of the people that's supposed to be secured by it, and I don't have a problem with it. Let people come through it and look at all the times and see what was really going on because... There are suspicious things going on, like how many feds were involved in encouraging everyone to go into the Capitol. Yeah, they're walking him around. They're pointing things out. Uh, it's it's like uh, they're giving a tour. And I expected to see him rambunctiously running around, breaking down doors and, you know, unescorted by, by law enforcement, who apparently didn't think he was such a threat. They, you know what they would call that if they weren't police officers? Accom and he was committing a crime? Accomplices, right? Yeah, why aren't they being prosecuted? So if he's committing crimes, then they are accomplices too because they are aiding, assisting, and encouraging him to be in the Capitol unlawfully. Yeah, why, why are they not being arrested? Those cops were literally helping him around. Right. And then, you know, Officer Sicknick, who died eventually at first they told us he was killed by being hit with a fire extinguisher you see him walking around uninjured uh, after supposedly this all went down it, it's just on and on if you start analyzing these things but unfortunately tucker's team has to go and use this one terminal to look at all the different footage and uh i think that massey is right that this needs to be unleashed i I don't think that all the J6 defendants have been given access to the full J6 footage. And I can't believe that under discovery rules in Missouri, we'd be entitled to that. And indeed, we do, as criminal defense attorneys and prosecutors, spend a lot of time coming through video footage. 
but it has to be disclosed. However, we do have a case from a couple of days ago. A Kansas man is representing himself, and he said just because he's not an attorney doesn't mean that he shouldn't have access to this footage. So I wonder if they are being, if attorneys are being given access to some or all of the footage, but it's under seal. But this guy's representing himself. He's worked for, you know, Yellowstone Park. He's worked for the auditor in Kansas. He has no criminal record. He's like, I need to be able to look at all of this stuff. And the government's complaining that he's not just looking for when he's on camera in the Capitol. He's looking at all the cameras and how the whole thing unfolded that day. And I'm like, good. (laughs) Yeah. Good. Like, we need someone to do that. Because if we're seeing people milling about, people not behaving you know, criminally, that is completely a different picture than what's been painted for us of how now, that all unfolded. Now, don't get me wrong. The people who broke the windows and, and, and smashed it, they should be punished appropriately. Uh, okay. But I, I think there's so much more to this story than we're getting. I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but uh, I got my tinfoil hat on here. They've well, it's funny. Like, remember they all at the J6 hearing, this is on Tucker too, but they laughed at Josh Hawley, who was like running out of the Capitol that day. It turns out he was one of many Congress people being escorted by police that day. And he was towards the back of the pack. But they made it sound like he was running away like a coward, like he was running ahead of everyone. But that's just how they deceptively edited that and then played that for the hearing. Um, if you've got questions for Jennifer about this, 800-529-5572 or 874-9390. Uh, Roger has a question for you, and uh, we'll bring him on next. Roger, good morning. You're on with Jennifer Bukowski. Hey, good morning to both of you. Um, I had a question. If the former Speaker of the House can lock up the records of the J6 hearings, uh, otherwise known as the Kangaroo Court, why can't the current Speaker of the House unseal those records? That's a good That's a good point. And, in fact, that's how Tucker's producers have gotten access to these records, is that McCarthy's order that they be given access to one terminal. But they're not allowed to just, like, copy them and take them back and, like, get unlimited people to help them analyze it all. And they have to go to a certain terminal to view this stuff. Yeah, I, I think it'd be very interesting if they'd publicize all those records that obviously bias January 6th committee. Yeah, I think those videos should be released. It's not the, it's not like we're too stupid and we can't handle it. Uh, and it's yeah. not as though they have the same security protocols today they did then. Let us see what happened. Oh, and what are we going to do? Edit them and play them on the Internet like they did in the J6 committee by putting sound over the top of them and everything else? Give me, <laughs> give me a break. Yeah, Roger, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, 874-9390, toll-free 800-529-5572. Jennifer has brought much more to the table. Um, Kansas man representing himself in the Capitol riot wants the feds to turn over uh, sensitive uh, documents. Uh, so, in addition to the videos, he wants documents that what? Well, what, what? he wants he wants to be able to view discovery. He has to view it under supervision of an officer of the court, and as long as they're in a secure, safe place. But he's saying that it's rooted in, in a concern with building his defense. But also, they're saying, well, he he just wants to go on a fishing expedition. So while they're watching him. 
try to look at his discovery. They're like, wait, wait, you're just looking at the whole picture of that day? You know what? That guy should go to law school because that is what a competent attorney would do. It's like, look at the full picture. And what are they not telling you? You can't just, like, read the police report and go just look at that little snippet of video the police point out to support their report and then go with that as gospel. You have to look at it all and see what did they maybe miss. So, uh, but they're giving him all kinds of resistance to be able to prepare his defense because he's representing himself. This is a few days ago in the Kansas City Star. Uh, Bill sent me a message at GaryNolan.com. I can't remember one time when the media showed the clip that Tucker Carlson showed. The media only wants to show what they want you to see. The media is simply spreading propaganda. That happens uh, when uh, you only exhibit one side of the story. And not the other side. Michael says, do you guys think the full truth about January 6th will ever be revealed? Jen? I'm not sure because they have been really stonewalling us as to the federal officer's involvement with it all. But I do think that if you release those videos to the American public and let the American public analyze them and work together to go through them all, because, you know, it's a lot of stuff, I think we could get a clearer picture for sure. And I think everyone had full access to be able to rebut any kind of misleading edits that anyone tried to do with it as well. If everyone could just have full access to the actual video. Showing it in context would be good. With times uh, and, yeah. All right, you were at CPAC. I was, uh, yes. And uh, apparently Steve Bannon uh, was uh, speaking at CPAC. Did you actually see him speak? I did, and he he said he had a mission to just light it all on fire. He picked a huge fight, and it was he was feeling it. He didn't even say thank you or anything. He stormed off the stage after he came. What he had to say, and he was saying it with such you know passion. Uh, it was one of the most interesting CPAC speeches I've seen. Well, let's uh, let's chat about that next. Right after uh, we deliver these important messages. On the Gary Nolan Show, Jennifer Bukowski, our guest, on the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 10 minutes to 11. I had to look that up. I had to be careful. I can give the wrong time. 10 minutes to 11. Jennifer Bukowski is the guest on the Gary Nolan Show. She was at CPAC, uh, also known as Trump PAC now. And uh, she watched uh, as Steve Bannon uh, let loose, uh, talking about Fox News, among other uh, topics, uh, so give me a little taste of what happened. He came in uh, with a vitriolic defense of Trump and attack on the Murdochs who own Fox News. He said, according to Fox senior management, when Donald J. Trump talks, it's newsworthy, Bannon said during a fiery speech. But he said, you've disrespected him. He said no to them. When he speaks, it's newsworthy. Because they used to cover Trump all the time. But at 2 in the afternoon, uh, he went to give his you know, announcement speech, and they didn't cover it live. When he, or when he was in East Palestine, Ohio, Fox News didn't cut to him live. They haven't been giving him coverage. Even I noticed last night, what was uh, it might have been Tucker. No, it was Hannity. Hannity had Trump on, but he had DeSantis on for a long interview first. And so there's something going on with Fox where they're very anti-Trump, which is funny because they're one of the ones that got him elected to begin with by giving him tons of coverage, and they were very supportive of him. But there's been a rift created 
and uh, the difference is palpable, but Ben's having none of it. He's like, this man gave us four years of peace and prosperity, and you're disrespecting him. When they're disrespecting him, they're disrespecting you. And you need to change and stop watching Fox News. That was his message to the CPAC audience. Well, if you have direct TV, you don't have much in the way of a choice. It's either Fox News uh, or uh, CNN, and and I don't I don't think CNN is the place to go. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, neither do most people. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing is, Libs of TikTok founder was there, and uh, she wanted to be anonymous, but she started with zero. She has like two million subscribers now, and uh, now every single one of her. Uh, tweets gets more views than CNN does. <laughs> well, How pathetic is that? That's not horribly surprising, though. Not really. Um, listen, uh, we were talking about this. I opened the program uh, talking about uh, what's going on down in Georgia uh, with the uh, what they're calling Cop City, where they're trying to build this uh, training facility for law enforcement and fire and first responders, etc. And uh, Antifa is down there raising all kinds of hell. And in, in fact, uh, one of them is an attorney from the Southern Poverty Law Center, a way left-leaning group. And I was talking about, because uh, it made me angry, Jen, I, and I thought, they've declared war on us. They have literally declared war. They're throwing Molotov cocktails. Uh, they've gone down there with firearms. They're throwing rocks. They're, they're burning uh, equipment. Uh, we've really got to find a way to go after them. Uh, one of the and when one of my thoughts was <clears throat> because there's a group trying to raise money to bail them out, they shouldn't have bond. There should be no bond you could post for them. If the point of jail is to keep the bad guys uh, who are dangerous to society from inflicting more more harm, then you you have to leave these people locked up. And then I'm thinking maybe we start getting some uh, uh, you know permission to look at their their emails and their checking accounts and find out where they're getting the money to show. Because only two people in that whole group from Georgia, some as far away, one guy from France, another one from Canada. Let's find out where they're getting their money from and arrest those people because they're as responsible for the Molotov cocktails by funding this as the guy who throws it. What do you think? Well, yeah, they'd certainly be accomplices. I don't know about not giving bail to all of them as a blanket rule. I think these kind of blanket policies get us in trouble, and it should be a case-by-case basis, because just like look at J6, maybe some of those people came inside and took a selfie, didn't do anything else. You know, similarly, maybe some of these idiots were at this, you know, event with the, where they're firebombing the thing to see because they're nosy and they didn't have anything else to do with it. I don't, I don't think you should automatically give everyone no bail. But I do think it's extremely ironic that one of these people arrested is an attorney with the Southern Poverty Law Center. Like, is this SLPC? Are they going to report themselves as a hate group now? Because this is actual, like, violence and hatred towards another group of people. And that's what, you know, this left-wing outfit has nothing to do with you know, the South are poverty anymore. They label different groups as dangerous or whatever, and they collaborate with big tech and get, you know, different pages, less preferred and everything else if they've deemed you as, like, undesirable. It's, it's somewhere along the line, these people have declared war on us, 
and we'd better find well, a we way. We can use existing laws to stop it, Gary. We just need the manpower and wherewithal to do it. So what are the police not doing? What? What? Well, I think they're arresting them, but I mean, if they keep coming for you, you got to keep arresting them and then lock a uh, prosecute them and put them in prison. That's what you do. Uh, it, anybody who throws a Molotov cocktail or tries to assault law enforcement with rocks, uh, anyone who shoots at law enforcement, they really need to be locked up without bail. I think. Believe me, Gary, there's, I mean, if a law enforcement officer is a victim, from the cases I've seen, I have one where, you know, a motorcycle was accidentally nudged and barely, you know, anything happened to the person and he went he got sent to prison because it happened to be a cop motorcycle. It was unintentional. Yeah, well, so, you don't unintentionally yeah. throw a Molotov cocktail. You don't That's unintentionally right. throw rocks at people. What? Yeah. Yeah. That is, it's egregious behavior. It's it's dangerous for everyone involved, and it's very criminal, and you do need to lock these people up. Okay, well. I think we've come to an understanding on what to do with I these people. You, can't, you have a presumption of innocence if people are just in the wrong place at the wrong time, or who knows, they're an Uber driver, or whatever. If they're... You don't if, automatically assume everyone there is guilty. President if they're on private property, they're trespassing. If they're yeah, on that property, they're trespassing. If they're throwing rocks and Molotov cocktails, they're dangerous and assaulting. Uh, there, yeah, there's, you know, I'm not saying somebody who happens to be standing around outside the property line gets arrested uh, and tossed in the Huska without bail. But I think there are a lot of people that uh, that, frankly, should be locked up until their trial. And and uh, and it clearly Is there, uh, yeah, flight risk or and or danger to the community. That's what we do. That's what yeah. we're supposed to do. Well, yeah. yeah. And it seems to me that uh, those people doing those things that I just said are, in fact, a danger to community. Uh, but on the other hand, Gary, they locked up a lot of these J.C. six people without bail, and that was completely wrong, ruined their careers, ruined their lives. They had no way to support their family, and a lot of them were in solitary confinement. I mean, that was barbaric. Well, maybe two wrongs don't make a right, but it seems to me that uh, if uh, what's good for the goose ought to be good for the gander. Uh, did Ocasio-Cortez intend to pay for her Met Gala dress? There's a lot going on here in this Met Gala. This is the uh, white gown she wore with the tax, the rich. Uh, yeah. Uh, in, yeah, but it, don't it, pay the don't pay the poor. Don't pay the. She yeah, was all about wearing that dress to tax the rich, but not paying her own bills. Yeah, this woman who says she cares about the poor and the middle class is stifling. Is is uh, rather sticking them. Uh, for the money. We'll, we'll give you the details next on the Gary Nolan Show. The Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show.